Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode for Laura from Spain. And thank you for writing me. This is a really good topic, and it's um, I think it's relevant to a lot of people. So I'm calling it pain baggage slash love languages. But it's basically about how to live with less blame and resent and more love and happiness in your relationships. Because in a lot of our relationships, a lot of the problems that we have uh, rise from miscommunication of love languages. Like basically how we exchange um, love comes in totally different ways and sometimes it's completely misread by the other person. So when we get into fights over needs that we feel are not met, it's because of our past and it's because of how we learned how to love and also our baggage, like what we never got as children from our parents. So often in a relationship, we put these needs onto our partner or onto our friend or family member, whoever it is, we feel they owe us something and it's their job to give us something. And if they don't give us that thing, that they don't love us enough. And that's not the case. So this is about how to identify that and then also how to help yourself out of that. And as per usual, there are three parts. There's the what, the why, and the how, which are the tools. So to be clear, this is about all relationships and they involve conflicts between the needs of you and whoever you're interacting with. And just basically when those needs don't match up. So for anybody listening, I apologize for the radio silence. I've been away because I got hitched, y'all. <laughs> and it was awesome, and it was wonderful, and now I'm back. So um, hopefully I will be posting more frequently at this point on. Alrighty, here we go. So the what. This is a set of information and tools to stay out of kind of that blaming, resent mode, and basically in the moment of feeling pain based on what somebody else isn't doing for you, um, being able to let go and then empower yourself um, from a rational place so that you can get more of what you do want, which is shared affection and happiness. So our identity tells us that we are in need of specific things from others. So when we have a relationship with somebody else, they have gifts, but they also have voids based on their upbringing. And sometimes those will clash with ours. So our ability to give and receive love is lost to our identity of our voids, basically of our, let's call it, pain baggage. So you'll end up resuming this position of, but what about me? But poor me. And that, as soon as you're stuck in that position, you're unable to see in reality what is happening because all you can feel is this really old, unmet need from childhood. And a lot of the pain and frustration in relationships comes from us believing that others are not giving us what we need and, and deserve. But often that this is totally us kind of resuming this broken record of pain that's from a very, very, very old place that's unrelated to the current situation. 
It's also often triggered by our misunderstanding or a miscommunication of what others think and feel about us. So our belief of love or our, our pain baggage doesn't match with theirs. And so you both have different receptors, basically. So everyone always will have different receptors than you, but often you believe what you are receiving is completely being understood by you. So you, in your heart of hearts, believe I am completely the keeper of all right and wrong, and I am the one that is going to be able to discern whether or not this person is being mean or not. I'm not sure if that makes any sense, but when you feel like you've been hurt by somebody saying something mean to you, you will feel completely justified in believing that that thing is mean. When in reality, that person might have been expressing something completely different based on their emotional baggage and their love language. They might be trying to joke with you, and that's their way of releasing tension. So both languages are valid. In all of these situations, when you are in a conflict with somebody you love, you are both going to be misfiring intentions. And your goal is to be able to stop in that moment. And instead of assuming your role of poor me, being able to step outside of it and look objectively from much higher above the situation. Because the truth is, you get stuck in your pain, in that old pain, and wanting to validate that pain. And that's because pain is an addiction. It's addiction that we all have. And it's just because it's like a really old groove in our muscle memory. So it's like this identity, once it's vindicated or validated, it wants other things to confirm it. So you might feel like you want to confirm it by talking to a friend or you want to tell your friends so they can say you are right. Like, oh, yeah, you should feel upset about that. Like, that's what we search for because this old addiction to pain in this very particular way needs validation. It needs confirmation to feel we are correct. We are right. We are smart. We are deserving of this thing from this other person. But the truth is, even if you want to be right, being right gets you the opposite of what you really want most of the time which is happiness and love and peace with this person in this relationship. That is your truest and highest goal. And that's the hardest thing to remember in the moment is all of the winning an argument, all of the making somebody really know how much they hurt you and making everybody confirm how right you are to feel the way you do does not give you what you want. It gets you more of what you don't want, which is unhappiness, a focus on negative, and a focus on what is wrong, which keeps you stuck in pain. The hardest part is to remember this because it's such an addiction. It, it can be really hard to untrain the kind of course of emotions that follow once you feel you have been hurt. It's like once you feel you've been hurt and you're just in feeling hurt, it, ca it kind of inspires the next several actions to take place, which is wanting so much to feel the other person realize how wrong they are and 
wanting everybody else to feel bad for you and wanting to feel completely vindicated. All of those negative emotions, though, are, first of all, toxic to your body and not helpful to your life or your relationship, but they're also not ultimately what brings you joy. All they do is make more time get wasted in the negative situation. So this is the crux of it in the what. Ready? Listen hard. You can be happy and get what you want, or you can be right. You don't do both. Just focus on that sentence. You can be happy and get what you want from your relationships, or you can be right. And the answer is clear. You want to be happy and you want to get what you want from your relationships. You want to feel love and mutual respect and you want attention. You want peace and harmony. That's what you want. You don't want to be right. It's never a good thing to be right in a conflict. So this episode is about how you can empower yourself to choose and save yourself a whole lot of pain and wasted time in something that probably doesn't matter very much. So this is how to look at your situation objectively so you can move out of a fight or a conflict or a place of hurt and basically help yourself to be objective and tactical about navigating the situation. And at first it will feel unnatural, but it gets easier each time you do this. Which brings me to the next section, the why. We express love with different languages. So when we are lacking a pure sense of self-love, we kind of crave it from everybody else. We crave this confirmation from the external, including in our significant other or in our relationships. We want others to give us what we lack and what we crave. And when they are unable to do so, we feel the result of our lack of self-love, which is everything is a reflection of this. We feel they are abandoning, abandoning us or they don't love us enough or they don't care about our suffering. And that's just because they are not fulfilling our unmet needs. And it's also because they're not speaking our love language, our particular love language. They express theirs in their own way. And it's called by professionals a love map. But it's basically the way you learn how to love others is set up by the very beginnings of your life. And it's set up by your parents often, how they demonstrated love to each other, but also to you. And it's also created by what needs you have as a child that were met and what needs were never met and that you craved and needed. And if they, they go on unmet, it will kind of dictate what you continue in your adult life to crave and, and feel will, you will never get enough of. So it's kind of, it becomes an empty bottomless pit kind of feeling if it's something you never got as a child. So for example, let's say if you had a parent that you desperately wanted just a sign that they loved you, you wanted them to express physical affection or compliment you or tell you that you were good and they never did, you will feel constantly uh, in need of validation specifically from older people in your life, but like probably with your partner, you picked them in part because they resembled somebody like your parent. So if you had a very cold and distant 
uh, parent, you might pick a cold and distant type of partner. And you will forever be kind of fulfilling this loop of wanting them to express love to you, wanting them to tell you how great you are and how much they love you. And it will never kind of feel like enough. Um, and it's not to say that you cannot overcome this, but it's when you start to recognize these patterns in yourself, becoming aware of it so that you can step back from it and recognize it and objectively separate your adult, rational, logical mind from it. So the love map you have will likely completely mismatch the love map that your significant other or your friend or your family member has. And that's because everybody grows up in a completely different life. No, no two are the same. So the way you learned how to love will come from your caregivers for the most part. Let's say they gave you a plentitude of physical attention. Like you got lots of hugs and kisses and, and you were always it felt you were loved physically. That will be the way you translate love to others as an adult. So you'll likely be very physical. You'll hug people. You'll, you'll kiss others. That's just like what you grew up being able to uh, understand as love. And now you can give that. And you have hugs aplenty. Whereas a person like that grew up in an Asian household, for example, like myself, you don't you won't feel comfortable with hugs because no, it's very rare for Asians to hug. It's like not a physical culture. So that will feel very strange to you and it won't be your language to give to others unless you decide to evolve that in yourself. So in order to get what you want in a relationship in exchange of love and affection and needs, you basically have to set the stage for that to flow between you and the other person. And you have to set the stage for uh, communication to happen openly, which often means you have to get out of your comfort zone to translate in their language love so that they can understand it and feel it and um, explain also to them how you need to be loved. So you actually get, have to give them kind of the shorthand of like, this is what I like, this is what I need. I don't like it when... Um, you don't say nice things to me in when I have a nice outfit on, stuff like that. Like, tell them, I want you to say nice things when I have tried on a nice outfit. Like, give them the shorthand for your language. I need to be hugged. I need to be kissed. I need to be greeted when I walk in the room. All of those things are really your, it's like your answer key and vice versa. And so when you're in a situation when, you are trying to be nice and loving, and that person has already informed you that their love language is different than yours. It's your job to step out of what you do normally and express it in the way that they understand, even if it doesn't feel natural to you. Because if you love somebody, that's what it takes. It doesn't have to feel normal, but it's, it's all about communication. What is most important to remember in your moments of pain Let's say you're in a conflict or your needs are kind of screaming for soothing and validation. Like, I didn't get enough uh, attention from this person or this person's being mean to me. This person's not seeing where I'm coming from. This person's not caring that I'm in so much pain and I'm so upset, whatever it is. The most important thing for you to remember, regardless, 
is validating pain is not a solution. It's never going to get you what you want. Validating pain is only a solution if you are in a therapist's office and you have some very uh, buried, blocked trauma or some very, very deep down pain that you have not looked at for many years and you're trying to get it out for the first time. That's when you have to look at pain and validate it. But you only do it in that situation. It's the only time when that is an actual functioning, happy, positive process to do. It's like purging really old pain and looking at it for the first time. In these situations, there is nothing good that will come out of you validating your own pain and your own rightness and justness in feeling that pain. This is about tactically looking at what needs to change in your relationship so you can avoid the future situations, but by first disengaging from the pain. In other words, you have to step back from the record that is now beginning to play based on your emotional baggage and stepping back enough to see what need is kind of been catalyzed like in you so that you can actually find a a proactive solution for the future. That part of this will be very tactical, pragmatic, logical, simple, like you will, you'll be able to deduce a solution from a logical place. And what I mean by that is like, let's say you're having a real and valid fight and this person is being unfair and not accommodating your needs and you are, you are being hurt as a result of that thing. You can step back from the pain and you can decide what needs to be done to affect this in a positive way so that you can protect yourself. That is something you should completely do. But validating your pain, living in the pain is not helping you. It's not helping your ultimate goals. It's a pattern that a lot of us fall into and that and we live in them inside of our and for many years of our life. We will fall into a pain pattern over something that is very real and it is very painful. And because it is so real and so justified, we will get stuck in it for, you know, a decade. Like, for example, a parent that is uh, abusive. Like that pain broken record is something that you can kind of fall into after some giant, terrible confrontation happens and get stuck in feeling completely just in the fact that you're staying there. And the truth is, it's not what you want. It's not what you have to do. You just have to remember that that's the case in the moment of this kind of initiation of broken recordness. And the first step is becoming aware when you are feeding your pain with wallowing, with validation, and remembering that it's not, in fact, what you want or enjoy. And remembering you are not helping yourself or your situation by staying focused on the pain of what you are not getting. So once you start to recognize these in yourself, like once you start to see yourself going into like the tears and the like really deep pang of like, how could you? Then you start to begin to wean yourself out of that habit by just stepping back. It's, it's about untraining your victim identity and basically curbing your need to be... Uh, sad and feel hurt and even if others are wrong it's like your voice in your head will turn into this child and 
you'll be thinking like, how could they? It's all them though, and they, and I can't do anything about it. And it's like as soon as you start to hear language about this other person and how they need to change and how it's all about them, that's when you need to step back and empower yourself. Because you can never move anywhere positive when you are focused on the negative and you're handing all the power to somebody else and what they do. Because you're doing that out of a habit and once you start to rise above that and step away from it, eventually all of these broken record habits go away. Eventually you will not have the same triggers. You will not have the same kind of loop of what hurts you so deeply. And you can change someone else's habits as well just by stopping your half of this habit. Because once you start changing the way you're reacting to them, the other person can't continue to fulfill the other part of this dance because you're no longer their partner. And so the void of you will often create awareness in them. Which brings me to the how, which is the tools. So before I go into the tools, I have three tools, but the first thing I want everybody to do is, is write down basically in just one sentence a higher goal for life statement. And this is basically just a little reminder you have for yourself of what you ultimately want in your relationships in your life. And just think about this long term. What do you want out of the rest of your life? What do you want to have the majority of your time spent focused on? And that, for example, could be peace, mutual understanding, joy, happiness, love, affection. So you can make it about your one relationship or you can make it about all relationships in your life. But basically, in one sentence, write down what you want to think of as the focus of your life. Like, what do you want to, to spend the most time doing that best describes what you crave in just adjective form? So I don't mean things like, I want to be validated. I, I want to be right. I don't, it's, it's like when, when everything is said and done and you're going to pass on, what do you want for your life? I'm guessing it's something like happiness and joy, valuable time with others. And whatever it is, like those, those qualities are what will, will guide all of your decision making, even in these weaker moments, even when you feel like you don't have any control over the situation or you've, you don't have any power. This statement is what you are walking towards every day with everything you do, even in the moments when you feel you've no opportunity to get that thing. Write it down in your journal or put it on your phone. Um, and now for the tools. So again, there are three of them, and they're for different stages of maintaining kind of peace and getting yourself out of pain, but also proactively preventing uh, fights from happening in the first place. So the first one I'm calling, it's actually, um, I'll put the link to this in the show notes, but it's from another um, podcast that I listened to called All in the Mind which is all about uh, brain research, but basically it's called the compassion meditation. And this is a meditation that you should do as often as you can remember to. I do it in the car sometimes, just 
or waiting in the line at the grocery store. It's really easy once you remember the, the basic premise of it, but basically this is a meditation that if you do, let's say, once every other day, it will enable you to remain in the positive more often, but it'll also like give you a greater ability to access your higher self, like your highest values as a person. And remember that you are good and that you are loving. And even when you're not in an emotionally good place, you'll be able to access this more readily. Um, and that's because your greatest asset is always to assume you you don't know where anyone else is coming from, but you can remember that they're probably coming from a good place. Your greatest asset as a person is the love that you have and the confidence and wholeness that you have. As long as you come from that place, always. You always come from love. You always come from your highest self. Nothing can ever hurt you. Not, no one, nothing will ever take you down. And no one can get you to be lower than that. You will always rise above everything if you will always just resume your natural truthful state, which is you are good and loving and let go of what pain others are in. Remember that anybody that acts in harmful ways is always coming from suffering. And it, it's not your job to understand that suffering. It's your job to know that it's there and resume your loving state and give them love. So that's what this uh, meditation is based around, is the ultimate power for a confident person, which is self-love and love. Sending anyone love is the most powerful weapon you will ever have against all cruelty and all meanness and all anger, everything in this world. It makes you bulletproof. So uh, if you want to grab a pen, there are like a couple steps to write down, but these are pretty easy to remember. Um, and I'll also post uh, the blog version. I'll have the little step-by-step -step in the blog version in case you don't have a pencil right now. So this is something you do in your mind, and it's um, a very quick visualization, but do it in a place that you can really feel these things and think of these things. So if you have a hard time like concentrating in public places, you know, maybe make it a morning ritual. So the first step is to think of somebody you know who is struggling or suffering with pain. Imagine that person. Imagine what they're struggling with in their life and wish them relief. Send them relief. Like imagine yourself sending them very positive and loving vibes of energy. Second step is to now think of yourself and now think of any pain that you have experienced recently and think of any bad feelings, maybe negative things you've thought about yourself or opinions you have about yourself. And now wish yourself relief from that pain and send yourself love. And now imagine yourself just sending yourself basically energy vibes of love. The next step is to think of a stranger you saw today. Think of somebody you passed on the street, somebody you saw on the bus. And now picture that person and imagine things that they might be struggling from or suffering with. 
And now send them love and wish them relief. Picture that relief and love traveling to that person, giving them soothing. Okay, now last step. Think of somebody you really don't like. Someone who causes you pain and makes you angry. And now imagine they are suffering and they have pain in their life. Imagine what they could be struggling with and suffering from, what issues they are. And now send them love and wish them relief from their pain. Imagine yourself passing just through the air, vibes of love and relief to this person. And that's it. That's the meditation. And if you can do this uh, every day, you will actually grow more self-love, more positivity, and also more ability to care for others, especially in those moments of conflict when it's difficult to step outside of the broken records of our, our own pain. So that's for proactive positivity. And now tool number two. So this is for in the moments of when these pain positions or broken records are activated by somebody else. So I'm calling it be a professional, not an emotional. So basically imagine yourself putting on like an imaginary business suit, like a tailored black suit, a power suit. And in the moments when you start to feel very hurt and offensive, when you're assuming your, quote, pain position, and you are, are going into that loop of like, how could they, why are they not giving me what I need and want? Put on your power suit. So it's like a visualization for basically reframing the situation that you're feeling pain in so that you can change your pattern reaction. So step back, put on your power suit, and step back from the situation. Step back from the tears, step back from this room, and treat this like you are a professional. Treat this exact situation like you are dealing with a challenging issue in a workplace. So this is your job right now to change your pattern response. And you might be feeling like you are unloved, you are a betrayed child, you have unmet needs, you have pain and sorrow, you've been wounded. But now you, it's your job to step away from that loop and change your perspective to that of a powerful, objective, working professional. So stop. And when you notice the pattern need come up, you are going to take actions in favor of resolution, which is basically you need to approach this pragmatically and tactically. And that requires you are objective. So you don't need to validate all of the reasons you have to be upset. You need to focus on feeding a solution, not the pain. So step back and look for the truest solution and attack what needs to change first. So the answer is not that they need to change to what you want them to be. The solution is not talking about and complaining about and feeling what's wrong. The solution is not being consoled by others about how right you are. The solution, in reality, is the fixing the next biggest contributing factor in your dilemma. 
and also stepping back to gain a vantage point from which you could potentially understand what has happened, where is the miscommunication, and where are they coming from. So for example, let's say your parent or your partner or your friend is refusing to be sensitive to you and you are both stressed out and you're fighting about how each other's needs are not being met and your feeling is that they should see you and understand where you're coming from. And that is, in this situation, let's say it's totally true. So regardless, when you stay in that feeling of betrayal and loss, you cut them off, you cut off hope of resolution, and you get nothing in return. You get no love, you get no care, you get nothing that you want from them and the situation. You end up both feeling terrible. However, if you were to choose to bypass this pain and step out of it and let go of your need, you will be able to gain a vantage point that you could see their suffering and you could see them trapped in their loop of behavior. And from this vantage point, you can actually love them. You can actually see what you love about them and not feel so hurt by them. You can see that they are in as bad a place as you are, that they are also stressed, that they are being fed by your pain and that that's inspiring more pain in them. And it's when you can see all of this information and actually care about it, you can open yourself up to the way out of this. Then you can see, if I give them something kind, I open up their ability to be kind to me. If I can step back and let them cool off and then open a door for them to approach me again, then they can give me love. All of these things open up only when you can step back and see all of this information. And if you don't do that, you take it all away from yourself and you stay stuck in the hurt part of this. And the general reaction of most of us is to say, but like, how come they don't do it? It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, this is about you and your life and what do you want? What do you want for your life? It's in your power to get more of what you want and avoid all this crap. And it would be great if it was them doing it, but that doesn't matter. Who cares? You can. And it's completely up to you to choose to use that in the moment. You don't have to feel any of the wounds that you think you do. So case in point, in an example I have in my life, um, my pain baggage tends to be revolving around like being seen, understood, and not being um, seen clearly. So if I, if I have that loop kind of as my trigger, it's something that gets played out again and again in relationships. And it comes in really random moments in time. But usually that prevents me from understanding where others are coming from and how, and, and it prevents, the need prevents me from being able to see how somebody else might be playing out their own emotional baggage. Because in my mind, it's that I have been misunderstood and I need to be, I need to translate exactly how I feel. That's like the unmet need that is completely off kilter with reality. So the broken record will keep playing and it blocks my ability to see the other person. So once I have that awareness, now I can recognize it when it happens 
and I can stop in the moment and I can step back and then listen. It's super powerful because what I learned in that, in that moment when I can look at other people, I can see, for example, that the other person is in a defensive position, that they have baggage that makes them shut down and push people away and act mean. And that's based on their baggage. So for me, in that moment, to get what I want out of a conflict, which is love, I have to let go of my go-to, why don't you understand me and my explanations. And I have to step back so that I can recall what their pain position is. And I can see it. So I can actually approach it like from an actual tactical perspective. Like, oh, they're, they're defending themselves. Like, I have to soften now. So one of the most common propagators of negativity and discontent in relationships is talking about what's wrong. Talking about what's wrong to others, talking about what's wrong to friends, and obsessing about who's wrong and who's right. And that's just our addiction to validate ourselves, our, our egos, basically. And if you're thinking, what about my unaddressed needs? Am I not to have those met? Yes, you can communicate those to others. Absolutely, you should have them met. But you should not do it when you are in a fight. <laughs> you should do that when you're in a loving place and say, this is the guidebook to loving me. Because when you're stuck in them, you are not helping yourself. When you're stuck in the unmet needs, you're feeling pain that's unrelated to reality. And they're old, and therefore they control and color your present. And it's not that they are not valid, it's that they are unrelated to your current relationships. So they exacerbate situations that, that are not really that big often. So pain baggage disables us from being present and being rational, and it also disables you from receiving the love that is likely right in front of you. It's just like the receptors are shut off, basically. So in the moment, to heal your pain and to move out of the pain, your solution is just rational decision-making. How to really heal from your pain baggage is to grow what is peaceful and loving in yourself by choosing just a ready stance of love and also choosing to highlight and focus on and call out what is good and loving and worth focusing on in others. So that the best tool you can use is just look at how they are also suffering. Which brings me to the next tool, number three. And this is a mantra. Um, so it's for in the moments that you see that you are getting like feedback from somebody else and it's very severe and it's starting to cause you to be triggered into like why are they doing this to me? And like, why are they so upset at me? And how come they could treat me this way? So the mantra is, this is a case of the, it's not about me's. That's an apostrophe. Case of the, it's not about me's. So it's for you to remember in that moment of, let's say somebody's acting super severely negative towards you. Like your spouse or your, your friend or your family member is like, reacting to you very uh, just diagonal from what you feel you are expressing, the more severe the reaction is, it's more likely completely unrelated to you. 
So the first step in talking yourself down from the reaction you might have is to step back and say, oh, it's not about me. Assume that it's not about you. It's a surefire way to recognize that this, this other person's pain is old, and it's probably also bigger than you and the current situation. In all of these cases, when someone is reacting harshly to you, you can always take a step back and let go. And most of the time, it's got nothing to do with you, and therefore, you literally don't have to be affected by it. Just let it wash off of your back. It's your option to stay present and open and welcome in all ways. Like you, no matter how rude or abrasive or upset or strange somebody is to you, you don't have to react to it at all. You can just maintain exactly who you are, which is kind and loving and Basically, you can just wait for them to come back to sanity. Absolutely protect yourself and just make, make sure you get a healthy distance if this person can damage you. But in other words, just don't engage. You don't have to feel hurt, especially when you can know it's not about you and just remind yourself like, oh, they're in a terrible place. And if you can set up the best conditions for them to come back from a better place, you are getting your what-it-is-you-want statement, which is good and loving and happiness and all that stuff. So in closing, when you love somebody and they love you back, they will always be coming from that place deep down, as will you. What gets in the way is just the language and the old emotional unmet needs and the random stuff of today. It's all just noise, though, in between the truth. So if you're looking for others for validation and love, needing that from outside of yourself is an unfair expectation to have of somebody else. It's not someone else's job to make you know you are loved. You should know you're loved already. It's their job to love you and to be themselves. And it's your job to love them back unconditionally. So all the other stuff, all the other pain, all the other noise is, all the other needs are unfair and they're also unrealistic to place on the shoulders of another person. They can't make you know you are good and worth loving all the time. They can express their love, but they can't give you that knowledge. You have to give you that knowledge. And that knowledge comes from starting to just be loving yourself. Act as a loving person and invest in yourself by allowing yourself to receive love. And I'm going to paraphrase Lara in her letter to me because she said it really nicely. But when we lack self-love, we search for the void to be filled by others. And when they don't reach our standards of our needs, we are, we feel very hurt by them. And that's our problem to fix. So it doesn't hurt them or us. But we can fix it even with a simple twist of perspective. Everyone's language of love is valid, and yours is not right, and theirs is not wrong. So you cannot tell someone how they should be. You can tell them how you need to be loved, and you can love them you cannot make anybody be any different than they are because just that's not helpful and loving to both of you 
but it simply always first invite love and as an assumed stance, give love freely and unconditionally. It will give you more of what you want more often and it will speak louder than any and all pithy arguments and miscommunications could ever fog up the relationship between the two of you. Be grateful for those you love always. Be grateful that they are in your life as just a resting state. Appreciate all of the ways they do show up for you and they do care about you. Even the little expressions of love that are imperfect or lazy or crude, all of them should be treasured because those are just the tiny little embers. If you blow on them and you give them appreciation and focus, they just bloom and they grow and they get bigger in your life. Aspire to love yourself and never rely on others to be happy. Just allow those you love to be exactly as they are and accept them as they are and embrace them as you are. And you will be more able to see what there is to love about them because you'll see them as them and not them as they measure up to you. Focus on what you want and never on what you don't and strive to understand others first Assume they are coming from a good place. And second, strive to see where it is that they are coming from. Try hard and never stop trying. Because I bet you, those you love will always be coming from a good place. And it's one that's possibly hurt or scared or damaged or confused. But it's always sincere and loving, ultimately. And once you can actually see that, your heart will blossom. You'll feel more love for them and from them. So to recap, here's the what, the what, there. Sorry. Um, we went through the what, the why, and the how, and three tools. The number one tool was preventative, proactive tool for compassion, compassion meditation. The second tool was a way to get out of the pain loop, which is to be a professional, put on the business suit. And tool number three was the mantra uh, for severe reactions from others, which is a case of the it's not about me. So I hope you enjoyed this. And if you haven't already, I wanted to invite you to enter the headspace contest. My brain's slow today. Enter the headspace contest. Um, and you've got a month left. So if um, you haven't entered yet, it's on the Teaspoon sites. And you have a very good chance of winning. So I hope you enter. And as usual, I'll put my references in the blog version on Teaspoon. So, so for more about the Compassion Meditation, you can also take a listen to All in the Mind from the BBC, the podcast. And I will put a link to that in the show notes. If you enjoyed this, please share it. I always appreciate sharing. It helps me grow. Um, and I send you my love, vibes of positivity. Don't forget to smile.